Welcome to another exciting episode of Why Aren't You Married, the show where we check in with people all over the world to see if marriage is still the lofty and ambitious goal that it once was. I'm your host and producer, Tammy, as always. And today on the show, I got a very good friend of mine, Andreas, uh, a good friend of mine that I met during the MBA program uh, here in Toronto. Um, Andreas is originally Venezuelan. He's, uh, I guess, been, you know, around the world in terms of work and education. He was in Toronto with me uh, during the MBA program and for work initially, but now he's relocated to Montreal where he's a sales professional. Andreas, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Uh, Uh, Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's jump right into it. The first question, why aren't you married? Because I am divorced. (laughs) That, 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 that's a short answer. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I am not married because I, I was married. I did that for eight years. Mm. I was with the same woman for 11 years, married during eight. And then in 2017, so three years ago, we decided to separate. And then, of course, we went through the paperwork of uh, divorcing. Mm. Okay. But yes. So you, yeah. Okay. Got married, divorced. Now you were with her for 11 years. What made you decide to get married? Like, let's, you know, we've been together. Let's actually do the big thing. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, it's funny because when you invited me to do the show, like, uh, I, I thought about, you know, these questions and I came to the conclusion that we might think that you're you know that when you get married is about a personal decision but then you realize that there's a lot of uh, societal pressure behind that decision so in my particular case the the societal pressure came from different sources one obviously had to do with family i got married really young at 25 uh so one had to do with family like being a good guy and, you know, following the, you know, the typical path of having a good job and a family and the whole thing. But then um, when I decided to immigrate to Canada as a permanent resident, uh, at the time we were only dating and I didn't want to get married. Like I, I always thought that, you know, that would be something that we could do further down the line, but uh, because we were going, you know, as a serious relationship, but I didn't want to feel pressured to do it. But uh, I used immigration lawyers and they said, well, if you want her to be on your same immigration file, you have to get married. Mm. So again, I didn't want to do it as young as I did, but then I pretty much had no no choice. Like I had already promised her that uh, she would come on, I mean, she would come to Canada with me and the whole thing. And then, so, but in Venezuela, it's different in every country. In Venezuela, we have, two separate ceremonies so one ceremony is a ceremony by law 
in which you like sign papers in front of a judge. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other ceremony, which is a religious one, and you do it in the Catholic church. So it's like a separate thing. And because all of this was for the immigration, there was a one year gap between the, our legal ceremony and our religious ceremony. Because, you know, again, I didn't want to do the religious ceremony until I was, you know, was able to pay it like and do it on, on our own yeah. and, and co-create the ceremony. But she was like insisting she wanted, she had like the typical dream of the white dress and the whole thing and the party. Yeah. So, so she, yeah. So basically, obviously she won that one and, yeah. <laughs> and we ended up getting married. Okay. By okay, so the yeah. big white wedding, uh, that whole celebration. The, yeah, so the big white wedding happened a year after yeah. we were already married by law. So we were married by law in November 2017, sorry, November 2007, yeah. and then December 2008. So one year and a month later, we actually did the big white wedding. Wow intense it's very intense yeah. okay so a part of it was i guess administrative that's kind of like the immigration benefits uh that kind of thing was yeah. was a, a yeah. part of it i like to think was love yes like, like was that uh, there at some point yeah of course i mean yes mm. uh i mean but it's very Again, it, it might be different in a same-sex relationship, but in the in our case, because it's a it's a, a heterosexual relationship, I guess that men and women come to it from different perspectives. I mean, I think the biggest uh, show of love and commitment was for me to accept to get married and for me to accept to include her in my immigration mm. file. I mean, like I'm showing you with very concrete facts that I am committed to you. You know, that that's where, for me, love comes in. Mm. And probably she was coming at it from a different perspective, which is I need to showcase to society that I have a ring and that I have a man and that I mm. have the white dress, you know? Mm. And, and so again, I, I don't think that she did it come like from ill will but i guess a society conditions you to do yeah. it um and at some point like in the uh in the big white wedding ceremony i felt like i was an accessory wow like it was like it wasn't really my thing because she was designing and you know like she went like all bright sila mode yeah. on it <laughs> and, and and you know like that's actually I think I I am against big white wedding because mm. because I think that it has to be intimate it has it's not to please society it's not to do like a power move yeah. or you know what I mean it it's more about showing commitment between two people but I guess that other people have a different perspective on it and and the wedding industry obviously yeah. wouldn't like me to say this thing yeah, so yeah. no that actually I had, I had that so, question i wasn't sure if i was going to ask it but like did you have a big wedding and do you regret having a big wedding but it's interesting like I, someone has met i think sorry to cut you off but someone previously yeah. said people want 
the wedding, but they don't actually, you know, they're not actually, they don't think about the, the being married. They think about the, the wedding, yes. not actually yeah, being yeah, married. Yeah. So that's uh, for sure. Yeah, very interesting. I, and, and, and again, I go back to the, uh, the cultural expectations. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember that when, I mean, I, I had a big white wedding. Um, we were not super wealthy or anything mm. like that, but, but it was the biggest that we could have, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, we invited like a hundred people and, and, and it was like in a fancy place mm. and, you know, it, it, so we spent money on that. And then again, when I moved to, to, uh, to Toronto and then I, I connected with like some of our Indian classmates, yeah. uh, in the MBA program and stuff like that. And we were talking about, like, okay, how was your wedding and everything? So I thought that my wedding was already big enough, like 100 people. And then they were like, no, we invited, like, a 1,000 <laughs> people. And then we invited, like, so, again, different countries yeah. do it differently. Mm -hmm. And um, and they place different expectations on on the ceremony. Okay. So, so yeah. definitely there was, a, <laughs> there was an administrative benefit in the immigration. And... There was yeah. maybe a bit of societal pressure on her end. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of uh, again. I did it very yeah. young. I, I I guess that if I if I were to do it now, I'm in my 30s. I make my own money. Like I probably have like a different positioning mm. on it. But at the time, um, I was only 25, and then uh, her fat like the way it worked is like I, I was financially responsible for, you know, for bringing us to Canada and for like the heavy lifting yeah. stuff. But then her family was adamant that she needed to have the white dress. Yeah. So they paid for the party type yeah. of thing. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, so I guess that it, it became, it felt a bit transactional. Mm. If you ask me. Heavy stuff. Trans okay. Yeah. Yeah, it felt, it felt transactional because for me, one of the reasons, uh, there's this, uh, ladies, hear me out. There's this stereotype that men are not as romantic as women. And I beg to disagree because for me, it would have been way more romantic if we would have waited and we could do it on our own terms. And when we had the money, it doesn't matter if it was big or small ceremony, but it was coming from the heart, yeah. if you yeah. know what I mean. Whereas for her, I guess it was more of a transactional thing of I need the white dress to be societally, like to show society that I'm respectable enough. And then and then we were like, sometimes we, we would argue about the thing and like, okay, why did we get married? I didn't want to get married and stuff like that. And when the topic came up, like she would back it up with uh, arguments like, well, at least we um we got our investment back because people gave Oof. us you know mm. and and that was so disappointing to me because it's like okay we're not supposed to think about the spiritual i mean and i'm not i'm not even a practicing guy and i'm not even like a practicing catholic but but i have a spiritual dimension to mm. it which i think that that it can be compromised when you're thinking about it in, in terms of money. Yo, sounds like uh, like an like an MBA business case. Like we can have the wedding, but the benefit would be that the presence would cover the cost of the person. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It, it was like that. And, and to be honest, like I felt so disappointed mm. because it's like 
for me, you know, like I, I, I am really, I think I am romantic in the sense that I pay attention to the, to the silly details. Like for me, it's more beautiful to see, let's say a couple where the girl has like a shitty uh, engagement yeah. ring and then you see them, the progression, you know, like they got engaged when they were not doing yeah. you know, well financially yeah. and then they grew together. That for me is way more romantic than seeing like a $5 million engagement mm-hmm. ring and, and, and it's all like crass materialism. Yeah. You know. Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now you were married and sadly divorced, but when it comes to actually being married, were there any benefits? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are, there are benefits of being married. Like let's say, okay, let's, uh, I'm gonna, I mean, obviously I didn't, you don't stay that long with a person if there's no benefits to it, you know, like we were, we were together for 11 years. So obviously I have to say that there were, you know, many good things. So for instance, I don't know, companionship, um, which might sound like a very general thing, but it's actually a cool thing. Like we had, like we had an important project, having projects together. So, for instance, immigrating from Venezuela to Canada, mm. uh, that was an important project. Um, obviously, you know, me doing my MBA, she was, uh, you know, she, she, although during our relationship, I have, I am the financially responsible for more than 90% of everything, and specifically during the time of my MBA, she paid rent. Oh, wow. So she was, so she was support, she was a support in that thing. But conversely, she's doing her PhD for the last eight years, yeah. and I have been supporting her in that journey as well. So it's like, okay, if you have like this type of advancement project, uh, having someone um, next to you that supports you, you know, financially, but also emotionally and all these things. I think it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, socially, I mean, like you get to meet, it, it, it's funny the way it works, but it, you kind of like end up gravitating towards people that are in the same life stage as you are. So for instance, we met uh, some very cool couples and, you know, and, and we did like stuff together and we socialized together. Um, I don't know. And, and, and sometimes, and when he, and he, when he works well, like I think both families, like her family and my family, we bonded well, like it, it, it's, it has benefits for sure. Mm. It has its benefits when it's a happy couple. Mm. I mean, obviously it can be toxic as well. We'll talk about it later, but, but it does have benefits. Yeah. All right. Okay. Disadvantages just of being married, like is I I would think you would have to think about it as a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because all the positive things can be used against you, uh, in the sense that where do you draw the line between someone who is your companion and someone who is asphyxiating you? Oh, like, suffocating. Uh, Suffocating, yeah, suffocating, yeah. So, so where do you draw the line between companionship and being suffocating mm. to the other person, uh, or 
where do you draw the line between, okay, I did this for you generously because I love you and because I want to share. And when does it become something that you're going to be charged for, for the rest of your life? You know, you're like, you owe me. Type mm, of thing. So there was some of that, um, when I did this for you from like years back. Yeah. Like for instance, like she, like she always likes to say, like I supported you during the NBA because she paid rent, but it's like, okay, but I had been supporting my MBA was only 18 months and your PhD is eight years. Mm. Like where's the balance there? You know, like, um so 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 it's again i think that the disadvantage and, and again i would say it, it it i try not to take it personal but i try to think also there are cultural expectations i think that again coming from latin america mm-hmm. and immigrating to canada i think that canada has a more egalitarian view of the roles of men and women mm-hmm. uh but in latin america there's still expectation of okay the guy has to make a lot of money to support the woman like that's the mentality right um but then you you enter into this gray zone and typical and difficult things where like for instance okay she wanted to have like the trip and she wanted to have the the you know the you know buy clothes and she wanted to have like all these fancy schmancy things but if I had, but, oh, but don't take a job in consulting or don't take a job in investment banking because you're going to be working too much. Mm. So it's like, okay, so it's like, okay, you want the money, but you don't want me to, to work as hard. But, but it's like, sometimes something's got to give, you know what I mean? Like you cannot have absolutely everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So I think I, in terms of, uh, or you have to compromise in, in, in big decisions. Like when I first moved to Montreal at the beginning, I really wanted to go back to Toronto. Yeah. I, I, I have this idea of, okay, I, I have a better business network in Toronto because I did my MBA there. And, and I also have friends from outside of the MBA program. So it's like, okay, you know what? Like I tried Montreal, but I, I think it's not for me. I'm going to go back to Toronto. I would like to go back to Toronto, but then she didn't want to go. Mm. So, so you also have to compromise in terms of what city you're going to be living in um, and, and stuff like that. So it's, so yeah, so it also has, wait, did you, this wait, just remind me again, you were in Montreal, then came to Toronto for your MBA or. No, we always came to Toronto first mm. because I was very lucky. Yeah. And when I got my personal permanent resident papers or when we got them, I also got a job in Mississauga yeah. uh, with a marketing research company. So when I first landed in Canada, I already had a job. Okay, awesome. And that was, that was amazing. Yeah. So from there, I moved to the MBA program yeah. uh, and then to Montreal. Yeah, I'm just wondering, why was she so tied to Montreal? Like she started her program there and she didn't want to... Yeah, like, I think, well... We always, before, it's funny because before we got married by church, so we did it kind of like backwards. Instead of having like a honeymoon, we came to Canada for a few weeks yeah. before we got married by church. So it's kind of like we did, we had our honeymoon in Canada before, before the wedding, just because we, we already knew that we were going to be immigrating to Canada. So we spent one week in Montreal and one week in Toronto. And the um, 
I guess that the whole purpose was to decide, okay, before you come to, well, she had never been in Canada before. So I wanted to show her the country and also, okay, which of the city, which of the two cities do we prefer? Mm. And since the very beginning, I always prefer Toronto and she prefer Montreal. Uh, okay. Uh, me, because I am more of a career person and, and, and I felt like, Toronto is more cosmopolitan and more, you know, like people from all over the world. And as an immigrant, you want to be in a place where you can actually also be part of it, you know, make money and stuff like that. Yeah. And I felt that Montreal was more closed off in that respect. And then also you would have to deal with French. So not only English, but also French. So it's kind of like a, adding another language into the mix. Mm. Um. So yeah, so obviously she had she always had the romantic view of Montreal because again she she is not the one who has to work yeah. and she's not the one who has to bring in the money. Yeah. So so for her it's like oh, but in Montreal people you know like drink wine and <laughs> baguette and blah blah. And I was like yeah, but I am the one who has to bring in the yeah. money, so I'd rather look at the job situation in Toronto. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more into like the differences within the cities in a bit, but having been married once and all of that, would you get married again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies, yeah. don't get scared. I mean, yeah, but I would. Um, I'm gonna say something that that a lot of people don't agree mm. with, uh, and I I didn't agree with it myself. I would sign a prenup. For sure. Like I, I, I didn't, I, at the beginning, I thought the prenups were the most um, crass, the most uh, anti-romantic. Yeah. Like I, I thought that the prenup was like such a tacky thing. Like why would you ever consider doing that? Blah, blah, blah. And then when I went through my divorce, I realized that whatever you negotiate during marriage, because when you're in love, you promise a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like you say, yeah, we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. And, and it's all about you. Both of you talk about projects and it's mostly private. It's between the couple. Mm. But when you go into a conflict situation of divorce, everybody starts meddling in the situation. So the family, the friends, the lawyers, like everybody on their side, they think that they're doing you a favor by being on your side, quote unquote. But what ends up happening is that everyone's, it's kind of like you're egging the person. So the conflict keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the, by the comments that each family or friend group makes. Mm -hmm. So long story short, and, and coming back to the point about the prenup, um, when we were you know, in, in conflict and in, with lawyers, we spent like two years fighting over money and stuff like that. It was all uncertain because there was no prenup. Mm. So she, depending on her mood and the mood of her lawyer, uh, they would ask for more or less money or, uh, or they would say, well, I don't know until when I'm going to be asking. So for instance, when we were started, we started um, uh, negotiating, she asked for money until December 2019. And then after the lawyers came in, it's going to be September 2021. So it's... Mm. Things just keep moving. So, so all this to say, yes, I would get married. I think it's beautiful. 
but I would uh, do first of all prenup and then second of all in terms of having a big white wedding I would rather have something that is more romantic and meaningful and it doesn't matter if it's expensive or not but it's but that it comes from yeah, the heart more intimate as opposed to a party for other people to come and like eat your food and yeah that, like like don't get don't get me wrong like i love parties mm. and and i and i love you know once in a while you know being flashy and it's super fun yeah. but i don't think that i don't think that that has to be uh it's not mandatory mm. and i think that society sometimes pressures you and even and women buy into this hype that it has to be a big white dress otherwise the man doesn't value me enough. Yeah. I think that's why they they buy into the yeah, hype. I give it. And by the way, and by the way, J Lo, if you're listening, <laughs> you should go. You should be jailed because you have a song that says that El Anillo Pa Cuando, which in Spanish means when are you gonna when are you gonna put a ring on it? By the way, Beyonce, you you too, like you should be in jail. <laughs> that's not the message. That's not the message we should send to the youth. Mm. Mm. You know, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's <laughs> interesting. So you're saying, okay, love should not be indicated by material things. Like, uh, yeah, it should, it should come from the heart. Like, it should come from the heart. And, and, and I also think that now we're in the 21st century and we are redesigning the role of men and women. Yeah. Uh, and I 100% agree with, like, feminism and and every right for every woman and and you know i'm a hundred percent behind that but i think that that also comes with redesigning the expectations like probably women should you know take more on of the of the financial responsibilities as well as well as the men take more of the domestic responsibilities as well like you, you should be more of a balance between yeah, more balance. okay uh, more of a team as opposed to having like rigid gender role. Mm. All right, gotcha. I would say. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, prenup. Wow, heavy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, but um, yeah. regarding getting married again, what about uh, we talk on the, something we talked about offline? Uh, common yeah. law. Like, would you you know prefer that? Would you consider that? Yes, I mean, again, that that's a, I always. Um, I always find it interesting. And again, I, I'm always talking about like how society shapes, like how society shapes a decision that we think is very intimate and personal, but it turns out that it's very shaped by the country you live in. Mm. So for instance, even within Canada, there are huge differences. And then here in Quebec is very different from Ontario and the rest of Canadian provinces because most people don't marry. Like the stats are crazy. I think it's only like 20 to 30% of, of couples that are living together and that they have kids that are actually married mm. because a vast majority of couples here in Quebec, they live as common law partners okay. and it has legal ramifications. Mm. So for instance, I, I know friends that were common law partners like, um, and you know, they have kids and the whole thing. Uh, but then when it comes to splitting assets, they don't have to split assets because it's not the same as marriage. Mm. So they, they do have to pay alimony to the other person, like uh, child support, let's say, but they don't have to split the assets. 
And and I think that that's interesting because um, again, I'm I'm not throwing my ex under the bus or anything, but but, but again, like she she didn't contribute as many financial assets to the family as I did, mm. and I would have been able to keep those uh, if if I wasn't married. Mm. So I I definitely would revisit that like. Let's say I have a son. I have a six-year-old son. I wouldn't want him to get married uh, under the current laws in Quebec. Like, if the laws change, maybe. But under the current system, I'd rather have him stay like as a common law partner. What's the What's the law in Quebec? Uh, was it kind of like no matter what, fifty uh, percent goes to the wife, or? Yeah, yeah, but the, at the same time, again, going back to the cultural thing, like in in. Um, in Venezuela, where I come from, um, if the wife cheats, then that is a kind of like a cause for you to not necessarily uh, give her alimony because she's a one. She, she's failing one of the promises that you keep to each other once once you get married, mm. right? But here in Quebec, we have a thing called. Uh, no-fault divorce, which I think it's also uh, in California and many other jurisdictions, I think, uh, in North America and I think worldwide. But that that means that uh, if the wife cheats, it doesn't matter. She still gets 50%. And I think that's a very tricky situation because, again, as we are redefining the role of men and women and what's ethical and what's not ethical and and what's the sexual freedom? Is it fair? Is it not fair? I mean, I, I know not everyone is going to be in agreement. Mm. But if I if I knew then what I know now, like for sure I would have done a prenup and, and I wouldn't have exposed myself to to uh, to losing half of my assets. Mm. Okay, so what for I'm sure. hearing, uh, what you said was uh, in Venezuela, if you know, the wife, I guess, cheats or steps out, there is, uh, yeah. you know, she's not required to get half of the, no. I guess, family fortune, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas in yeah. other countries, yeah. uh, she's, or other... It doesn't matter. Yeah. In other countries, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So so I think it's, um, it's a tricky situation for people that are immigrants because you, you, it's kind of like you, you get married under a set of rules but then when, once you immigrate, you're divorcing under a different set of rules. So obviously, it, when you get married, obviously, you're not thinking about divorcing because why would get married if that's the case? But obviously, I, for those people that are, you know, let's say they marry outside, like outside of Canada and then they move here, they're going to be divorcing under Canadian laws, which mm-hmm. might be different from their own country of origin. So that's a shock. Mm. That's a cultural shock. Uh, for instance, he, girls here in Quebec, they don't necessarily feel undervalued if you don't propose marriage, mm. you know, because there's no cultural expectation that you should get married because everyone is in common law uh, partnerships or, or the majority of people. Um, whereas a girl in Ontario, she might feel like, oh, why? why like she might pretend to be like all modern and stuff, but at the same time, in the back of her he- mind is like, okay, why don't 
doesn't he propose and why can I have my big white wedding? So I think that cultural expectations are big. You're saying the cultural expectation plays a huge role in the different part. Yeah, yeah. whatever part you're in. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. Like uh, what I'm saying, it, it's all about, um, I think, and, and, and again, and, and this is something positive uh, for women, is like um, they want also to feel valued, right? Like they want to feel like, okay, they, they want to show their parents and society that there's someone that loves them. You know, um, so I guess that in those countries where a big, uh, where it's important to get married, there's more pressure to do mm. it. But in other societies, there's not such such pressure. Like here in Quebec, it's like nobody's gonna uh, is is gonna see you as less of a person because you're not married. Yeah. In fact. And it's very interesting because, in fact, the language doesn't exist in English, for instance, but it does exist in French. So, for instance, here in 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 um, in English, you use the word uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, if you use partner, you know, people assume that you're in a same-sex relationship. Mm. But then, if you are in a straight relationship and you're not married, people don't really know what kind of word to use there. Yeah. Um, whereas in, um, in French, you have uh, blonde, a chum for boyfriend, girlfriend. But then you also have a word, conjoint, a conjoint for common law partner. Yeah. And it could be straight, it could be from same-sex relationship, whatever, but... There's no stigma attached to being a conjoint or a conjoint. Yeah. Um, and I think that's actually pretty cool. 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 We did. <laughs> After, we'll see how that goes. All right. Now, you've been married. You would get married again, um, but under certain circumstances. Would um, yeah. Do you believe in love after these experiences? For sure. For sure. I, yeah, for sure I do. I think that... Um, I think that love makes you grow as a person because, um, and, and that's one of the that's one of the advantages that I forgot to mention. I mean, obviously, you grow when you are confronted with, with situations that, that sometimes are not the more most comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I can use the analogy of being a, an athlete. Right, like okay, if you train hard, then you reach the next level in your in your sport. Or if you study hard, then you reach the next level of knowledge in your field. The same thing with human relationships. Like if you are selfish and all the time thinking about yourself, uh, having being in a couple, uh, in a committed couple, uh, and having kids makes you makes you uncomfortable because now you have to think about other people other than yourself. And ultimately that makes you a better person. So mm. I would for sure, um, I, I for sure believe in mm. love. What I don't believe in is the social societal pressure to be married. That's a separate thing. Mm. Uh, but, you know, being committed to someone and, 
and and being loyal uh, and making sacrifices for that person. I think that that makes you mm. grow. Legit, legit, yeah. legit, legit. Okay, let's get into the fun stuff. Oh, well, I guess kind yes. of fun stuff. Um, <laughs> what's your uh, I guess what's your dating status right now? My dating status. Yeah. Uh, my dating status is uh, how do you say that? Um, un uncommittal is that uncommittal? Is that a word? Uncommittal. Uncommittal. Yeah, yes. Yes. So like I, I'm not into getting engaged or entangled <laughs> or like I keep it yeah. light and simple. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's where I am right now, and I and I and I'm clear, you know. So so I'm at least I'm mm. not fooling anyone. Like I'm not promising. Yeah, let's get married. Mm. No, no, no. Like I'm, just... I'm going through my I'm going through my process, and and I know. And again, I start to feel like the societal pressure of okay, it's been three mm. years. Well, when are you gonna get married again? Or uh, do my parents ask me questions like, okay, when are we going to meet someone? I was like, you know what? Like probably it's going to be in 15 years. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to take my time mm. and I, I want to, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I got married at 25. So, so it's kind of like I only tried one flavor of ice cream yeah. and now Try them yeah, all, not, you know. So now you're non-committal. You're dating, and it's like you're not no, feeling. You're letting them know that you're taking your time, and you're yeah. not looking for anything soon or nothing like that, right? Yes, and at the same time, you know, like I also because I'm in my thirties now, women are also more independent in their thirties. Mm. So that's also been refreshing because uh, I've also been updating whatever stereotypes I had about women, yeah. like now women are super independent and, and they're also not like uh, ready to commit too quickly either. So that's also good. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's a fresh spin on the situation. Okay, good. That's good. That's good to know that it's not uh, a male thing to just not want to, no, not want to be committal. That's, that's. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's, it's a human thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we all go, like, there are different areas to our life, you know? So, so, I, so obviously, I have my career. I have my family that's in Venezuela, and they're also a source of, you know, worry for me. I have my son, who I would say is my priority. I have friends. Like, I really take care of my friendships. Like, I make sure I go out with them and stuff like that. So, so yeah, so I, I'm yeah. fine. Like, I... That's good yeah. to hear. It's good to hear. Okay. Yeah. And there's always like, you know, like a app for like hooking up and, and taking care of just like sex. You know what I mean? But <laughs> Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. But, um, you cut out a bit there, but you said there are apps that are in, tame, in, ca in case you're looking for just purely physical intimacy yes. that there there's apps for that. Like, are you, yeah. So like Tinder and all these things, like if they are. Yeah. yeah. And I'm there. <laughs> Of course I'm there. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey man, can't be mad at that, right? Um okay. Yeah. Now, do you face any stigmas since you were previously married? Or have you faced? Uh like, oh, I wouldn't date you because you're married you were previously married or anything like that. No, I think no. I think if anything it it helps. It helps. Because 
yeah because it's kind of like oh my god like well again it, probably i have been lucky mm. um but you can get into like deeper conversations about what does it mean to be in love and what does it mean to be married and what does it mean like you can get into that deeper stuff because you've already been there done that and you know what you would do differently mm. and it's very when you're doing it the first time around you're it's your first rodeo you're a bit more naive yeah. um whereas now it's like okay we're not only being attracted to each other's like physically but also we're going to have the same values which is very important mm. because what 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 gets you together in the short term is the physical the chemistry the laughter the fun and all these things but mm. what gets you together for the long haul like 20 years 30 years kids mortgages and the whole thing yeah. is sharing the same values mm. and and not everyone has the same values and and that's fine like i'm i'm not saying my ex is evil and i'm the good guy no but we just have different values mm. so all right cool 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 yeah. cool okay um how would you describe the dating scene in montreal toronto venezuela the places that you spent uh kind of like quite a bit of time in like just in terms of dating yeah. like is it harder in toronto or montreal you know that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I I I would say that not to make anyone jealous that is hearing this, but I would say Montreal is the best mm. one. Uh, <laughs> I think okay, so so I'll tell you about each one of yeah. them. Like Venezuela, the problem is like the country currently is, you know, uh, to borrow a poetical expression from Donald Trump, a shed hole. Uh, so. <laughs> Like, it's really bad. So, for instance, uh, people cannot, like, young people cannot afford to have their own apartment, not even mm. renting. So, everyone has to live with their parents until they get married. And so, that means that you have no space for intimacy, wow. which is really crazy. That sucks. So, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so, if you're going to have sex or whatever, which is an important part of any relationship, yeah. Uh, you you end up going to like love hotels, and so it's very sketchy. Yeah, sounds like Nigeria, uh, though, to be honest. Um. So I think that yeah, emerging countries are like yeah. that. So yeah. Canadian ladies, yeah. uh, you're lucky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, Toronto, I think, that, and probably I'm biased because I I did the MBA program in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, but it's all about being career driven. So obviously, I think when you're dating it puts kind of a certain pressure uh, to perform in the sense of, okay, where do you work and how many you make and all this thing. Mm. So I think it can be intimidating when it comes to dating because it's kind of like you, you feel like you have to update your <laughs> you know what I mean? Please refer to my LinkedIn and site. Then, yeah. and, wow, and, okay. But um, and, and I think that that's, that kind of goes against love yeah. because if I have to show you that I perform at work mm. to be able to go to dinner with you, it's kind of like, whoa, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not going on the right foot. Not starting on the right foot kind of thing. Yeah. Cause yeah. Um, because if you, in a like if you're going to be in a relationship for the long haul, let's say in 20 years, in 20 years, you might be unemployed for a while. You might have a, a business, 
that goes amazingly well. So you have a few years of, of living lavishly, but then that business might go bust uh, or you might get cancer. Or you, might, you know, like there are deep, deeply personal things that happen uh, and you want to be with someone who's going to be, um, it's going to have solidarity with you. You know what mm. I mean? Like it, it's not going to be getting together with a, with a loser, but, but you, at the same time, you want to be there for the person when difficult moments arrive, mm. you know, because we have ups and downs. A, a ride or die chick. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so so I would say Toronto gives gives me that vibe of okay, you 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 have to step out with your wallet yeah. type of thing. Um, and Montreal, I would say, is a little bit more hippie, a little bit. Well, it depends on the circle you you move in because you also have like a downtown theme that is all about like success and money. But uh, but it's um it's a bit more eclectic and cultural, and I like okay, it. Okay, so Montreal. I guess the laser fair attitude is, is that, am I using that right? I hope so. But it's, yeah, first of all, there's not expectation to be married, yeah. uh, as we were saying before. Yeah. Second of all, uh, it's cheaper to go yeah. out. Uh, and so it's like a more, and then people are very liberal when it comes to sex and everything. So it's, so anything goes. So, so I like mm. it. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm based off that. I'm, I'm, I'm considering moving myself, um, you know. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Um, this is my favorite question. Um, what's your spec? And spec is is a Nigerian term. Um, pretty much like what's your type? What? Um, yeah. What's your type, basically? And that. What's my? Yeah. Type? It could be uh, anything. Uh, it could be the physical attributes. It could be the personality stuff. The the physical yeah. stuff is a bit more fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say. Definitely ride or die. Mm. You know, that personality is everything. Like, uh, that she's not in a bad mood for stupid stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I have no patience for princess. Mm. For, 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 you know, for the little princess. Like, no. No patience for that. Um, ride or die for sure. Uh, a girl that is, um, you know, smart, that reads. Okay. Uh, that knows about what's going on in the news mm. like cultural references of you know like that well-traveled um you know someone that is uh interesting and of course you know it doesn't hurt if she also has like you know like a cute face and long hair mm. and all these things blah blah but yeah <laughs> no, that's good that's good do, do, do other things like height and um uh, well, slim, like you like them I, slim you know those kind of the physical stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like them slim, uh, but I don't know if if yeah. Is, is, but I'm, yeah, it's not like a huge part of the I you know the attraction I guess scale. Like they don't have to be slim, don't you think? Because you cut out there a bit. Well, yeah, no, they do. But but at the same time, it's, it's kind of like I'm afraid of of actually saying like uh, how do you say of of saying. Like something specific because you also don't want to be hurtful when what like, let's say when you're on the apps, mm. uh, some of the girls are like, "Oh, how tall are yeah. you?" and blah, blah, blah. and I am one seventy. I, I have no problem with my height yeah. or anything like that. But at the same time, like you don't want to feel like a piece of meat that you're being like evaluated uh, using specs. Yeah, 
you know like you want to you want to go out to dinner and if it clicks fine if it doesn't click that's also fine but don't tell me like it's not a job interview yeah <laughs> like, i have to say like girls who do like when i see stuff like that and they're like oh you need to be this tall or um I, you know like when it's hard hard rules like that i'm just like you you are not planning to get married anytime soon like what if you meet somebody and they tick every single thing apart from let's say you know things like the height and all that kind of stuff like you know you're going to well, keep on I'm, searching right so yeah and and i'm going back to my constant theme of uh society and societal pressure yeah i think that people are uh using those specs yeah is because they actually care about what society has to say. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not that you care about that person, that soul. You care about having a tall guy next to you yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So when a person comes with the specs, I know that she's dominated by her family and her friends. Yeah. That That's my reading of her psychology. Okay. Because if, if she were confident in herself, yeah. like it's you don't need to have these specs. Like, you, you'll find out when we go to dinner. Mm. You, you can still text me and say, hey, you know what? I had a great time, but I'm not feeling it. That's fine. But uh, don't you don't need to tell, like, make me feel that I'm... You know, not worthy or something to that? To... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all right. And, I, and I've seen it on the, on the apps. Like, I've seen... And it goes both ways. Like, um... I have some friends, like male friends, and they have shown me their profiles, and I'm like, dude, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, sometimes they, they write stuff like, ah, no fat ladies. And yeah. I'm like, no, don't like, be like, it could be your sister. I mean, like, don't be like yeah. that. Like, um, you know, so, yeah. I, so, so we all have our preferences for sure, but you don't need to feel, make other people feel bad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, don't be too. You know, pushing that on people too much. Um, okay, next question. Do you date outside of your race? Okay. Outside of my race? Well, yes, because I dated, I've dated white girls. <laughs> uh, and I'm Latino, yeah. I would yeah. say. Um, I haven't dated, although I think they're cute, I haven't dated any black girl. No. I haven't dated any... I do have to say, and, and this is probably like politi politically incorrect, mm -hmm. I have a particular uh, taste for Asian. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Hey, <laughs> man, it is what it is. Um, but I haven't had the chance, though. So, Miyako, if you're listening. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, oh. Let's go to Tokyo. Uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you would. Like, there's no one that's like um, off. You know, like there's no one that you say you can't. Like you would date outside of your race, no problem at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I mean, okay. but like, yes, I, I think that what would be the deal breaker mm. is when the relationship starts getting more serious. Yeah, is how that individual and if her race comes with uh, society expectations from her family. Mm. So let's say you know, like. Sometimes when you come, you date someone from a particular like uh, cultural community or ethnicity or whatever, the family comes along, yeah. and that's one of the things. Like when you're get you're talking about marriage, 
you're not marrying a girl, you're marrying a family. Mm. And that, and, and that, that's a set of expectations right there. And different cultures have different expectations. And, you know, sometimes some of them are like better than others. Mm. I did, I did. <laughs> okay. But I, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting to that, but, uh, oh, you kind of did already. Sorry. But the follow-up question about dating outside of your race, can you marry outside of your race? And you said when it's becoming yeah. like a big deal, that's when it's like way more serious. But could you though? Could you still, let's say you met like uh, an Asian lady that you were really feeling and things were going super well. I, I would you love would to. Marry. You would love, you have no. I, I would love to. And I would love to have like a wedding in Tokyo. Okay. And oh. basically I would love to. But again, I am probably uh, answering out of a stereotype yeah. and out of like, the fiction that I have in my yeah. head and probably when I meet the person, uh, I will decide if it's true or not, you know, because sometimes we all have like stereotypes. We might have the stereotype like, Oh, Latinos are super sexy uh, and, and funny and all about dancing. And then, uh, I don't know. Germans are stuck yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, and, Germans are like workaholics and, and whatnot. And Asian girls are super docile and family oriented. And like we have these stereotypes. Yeah. And it might be true because you might you might meet like a German person that is super fun, and you might meet a Latino that is stuck up, and you might meet a Asian girl that is a career woman. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's about meeting the person, not the not the race. Okay, the, true. Individual individualistic as opposed to the generalization yeah. of uh, stereotypes and race and whatnot. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I I mean as an immigrant uh, and as a Latino. Um, I think it would be unfair if I come to to date someone and even before I come in the door, she already has an idea of who I am and just based on stereotypes. So it's like, oh, he's a great dancer. He's a great <laughs> lover. This is that. Just because I'm Latino. And, and those things might be true, by the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because I am part of like a, a cultural group. Yeah. It just happened to be like that. Okay. Yeah. But just so you know, you'll be shocked at how many, most of the audience for this podcast is uh, Nigerian. And uh, I would say a lot of them lean towards not marrying outside, not dating and not marrying outside the race. Yeah. Mm. Just, just let's show you know, just so you know. Uh, okay. Would you reconsider? <laughs> I, my phone number is four three. Yeah, girls. Get yourself some uh, Latino heats. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Next question. Um, does uh, background matter? Like, and I'm talking, let's say, like class level, for instance, and things like that. Mm. Or job? Like, you're 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 a professional. Yes, it, it does. does. And and yes, and it's the same as the prenup thing mm. that I mentioned before. Uh, when I was younger and naive. I said, no, it doesn't matter. You marry out of love and you make it work. Mm. And, and, and when I, like when I, my ex-wife, like she comes from a family that has less money than mine. And I'm not saying that I'm rich, but her, her family had less money okay. than mine. And, and I felt proud and I felt like, oh, I'm kind of, I went into this ego trip of being kind of like, I didn't tell her to her face, but, but I think that psychologically for me, 
I felt that I was saving someone, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was sharing my wealth with someone. So, I, so I, and I guess that that was the thing that was my way of showing love. Mm -hmm. You know, my love language was, okay, we're going to immigrate to a country, you know, that is industrialized. We're going to get into like good schools and we're going to have a better life. So that was a concrete way of showing love. But fast forward to a few years later, now I'm in my 30s and now I'm in the 21st century and with, you know, bills to pay and dreams to accomplish and all these things. And now I'm like, you know what? I want someone who is going to be my equal. Uh, it's not going to be Cinderella, yeah. you know, because uh, uh, I'm not the knight in shining armor. You know, like I'm a, I'm a legit dude, but I'm not <laughs> going to be... I'm not going to be supporting like someone who's like a dancer in distress, yeah. like someone with the same level of education, with the same level of like, it doesn't have to have like, you know, the same salary. It doesn't yeah. matter even if she a bit more than me or a bit less than me, but similar, yeah. like not to, like, I wouldn't, I would feel, honestly, I would feel uncomfortable if she's poor and I would feel uncomfortable if she's super rich. Yeah. The, like the wealth gap between the two, it would be uncomfortable mm. in, in any way. It, it would be super. Okay. No, that's legit. That's legit. The difference between the wealth gap. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if yeah. um, you, you have to necessarily be white collar, like, you know, have to be, have an office job, but as long as you're yeah. bringing in a decent coin, you know, like some of these nurses, yeah. they're, they're killing the game now. But for me, it's, it's kind of like, a, um, uh, uh, it's not only about the money, but it's also like, okay, you can bring a lot of money uh, and be, I don't, I, I don't know what, what occupation to use, but, but about a decent occupation, you know what I mean? Like something that is, that is smart, something that is, that has an intellectual level to it. You know what I mean? Like, um, wait, yeah. wait, you say that like, so I have a friend, um, I think her, the guy she's dating, he's in the trades. And I think her family might have some issues with that. Like, is that kind of what you're saying? Like, yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Because, I, cause I, I mean, again, it's, how can I say this? Uh, I, and I know it might sound like classist or elitist and all these things. And it might be. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think it go, my way of justifying it, and again, I'm, um, I'm open to conversation, but my way of justifying it is that what you want is a convergence in terms of values, mm. okay? And it's not, so obviously someone who has a similar educational background and a similar financial situation is going to have similar values in, in, in things, mm. you know? Uh, when you have a huge gap in those, it might be difficult because again, you're marrying into a family. So that's going to be tough. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Okay. So last question. What, yeah. What would make you settle down now? I think because I have a son, someone who uh, would actually uh, have good values uh, to share with him. Um, I'm not saying that she has to be responsible and take care of him. Like he, if she was a mother, but, uh, but pretty close. Like I, I want someone who's going to be decent and someone who's going to be like, 
uh, I don't want someone who's going to be bringing chaos into my relationship with my mm. son. And I guess that there's a lot of single moms out there. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I would be open to getting together with someone who is also in a similar situation because they, they also understand, you know, like uh, we could make it work. So it's a team that makes the kids grow in a healthy environment. Okay. So someone that kind of understands my, that my son is my priority. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. That's, uh, that's it. Those are all the questions, Andreas. Really thank you for doing right. this. Is there is there somewhere or somehow the ladies can reach you like maybe Instagram or something like that? Uh yes, uh, it's uh, Andres Lozano ch at Andres Lozano ch on Instagram. Yeah, man, thanks uh, for doing this. Really appreciate you, yeah. for my man Andres Lozano, based in Montreal. Yeah. So, what are you trilingual? Yes, trilingual ladies. There you have it, man. Triple threat. <laughs> I don't. I don't speak any uh, Yoruba. No, 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 no. <laughs> nobody. Nobody wants to hear that. That's, that's not a sexy language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks yeah. so much again, man.